What's going on, everybody? This is Matt Dixon, and with me in studio today... Justin Bruggeman. And you guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show. Justin, we had a bunch of time to sit and chat today about what type of show we were going to pull together. Mm -hmm. And we actually put more thought into this one than I think we normally do. So I'm expecting <laughs> us to have... One of the best radio shows okay. we've ever done. Don't set the bar that high, Matt. Come you on, You know what? Man. If you don't set the bar high, you don't jump over it, right? So here we are. We're set up um, to talk about what, Justin? Lead us into this thing. I don't know if what I would could actually consider this is me and Matt going through a statistical rabbit hole, pretty much, would you yeah. call it? Yeah. We were, we were sitting there. This is so that you can like visually see it, right? We're sitting there at Justin's desk, and I'm like, hey why don't we just kind of talk about a lot of different things jam pack this radio show full of all of those things that you didn't know and it turned into a lot of random facts mm -hmm. and a lot of random statistics <laughs> right. but altogether i think there's an underlying message here which is we're talking financial literacy on a big scale right we're looking back and saying hey so whether you like it or not covid happened we shut the economy down what are some of the stats around that? How does that tie into financial literacy? Looking forward, um, kind of, what does? How does that apply to debt? How does it right. apply to your savings and your planning? So this is a really, really packed show today that we have for you guys. So stay tuned through all the different breaks. Mm -hmm. We got you for the next forty-five minutes. Yeah, because we were mainly looking at how, like, what really impacts where people are at now mm -hmm. yeah. which i guess we're because more looking yes tremendously and covid threw a big curveball it did it so do you want to lead us off with one of our stats that we found today when really researching because we wanted to know where are people at today right um compared to maybe a couple years ago because and what we found i think is actually shocking more so right than what we even initially went into this thinking the results of you know the average American's financial future is has been impacted in a huge way. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the statistics that we pulled, like sixty percent of um, people had their finances dramatically impacted right. during COVID in America. In America, yeah, here mm -hmm. in the U.S. So you know, over half the people had a really, really big financial oh. impact from the pandemic. Um, and that really stretches into a lot of different areas. Right. And I mean, even another one was one half of Americans since the pandemic has missed a mortgage or a rent payment. Wow. Which that's crazy. Yeah. And that's expensive too yeah. for the, for the person who's holding that mortgage. Mm -hmm. And now you're faced with, you know, some extra fees involved and those type of things really, really add up. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, of everybody, 21% or so had zero money in emergency savings. Right. And when you go into a pandemic like that and, um, you know, a lot of people were shifting between jobs or mm -hmm. they had a small business where they were trying to keep things afloat. You start adding in numbers like that, you know, where yeah. 20, 21 percent of people don't have a savings account that and we're seeing it right now. Yeah. Americans are floating um, their lifestyles on credit cards. Yeah. And and it's a result of, you know, that lack of emergency savings. Yeah. 
because I think whatever the statistic was, like 16% or so or more, have more debt now than they did mm-hmm. pre-COVID. Right. Right. So the debt is mounting. It's not getting any right. better. It's getting worse. Um, and I don't even know if we wrote this one down, but we were looking at student loan debt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people aren't paying it. Right. They're just not. They've been sitting and waiting for the government to forgive loan debt, which right. it makes sense, right? Like if I'm in that situation, I'm probably going to avoid it too if there's not going to be any interest charged. Right. It. But what it's done is it's been this snowball effect where the problem just keeps getting worse. The percentage of debt in your household keeps growing. Mm-hmm. And it's growing at a staggering rate. It's It's a big impact that people are feeling right now yeah which interestingly enough kind of they shut everything down but spending went up yeah which i guess there's a mix between you know loss of job loss of income but there was government help mm -hmm. you know in a lot of those scenarios but a lot of money and maybe a lot of online ordering maybe that was the problem you know and i think when we printed money whether you like it or whether you don't like it that doesn't really matter but we did it, and when that happened, a lot of people decided to exit the workforce. And right. some of it was, you know, the COVID restrictions that were at play and people saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm going to step out. What's really wild is I didn't really realize how many people decided to, to leave the workforce. And when mm-hmm. we were going through the numbers today, we found that 26% of adults um, – or 27%, I think it was, decided that they were, they considered themselves retired right. during the pandemic. They walked away. Right. Um, that is a really, really large portion of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a ton of people decide to step away. And that's just a lot to me, a it, lot more than I figured that it yeah. would be. And which, and it goes to the, you know, the other kind of stat, I guess, that we found that was. You know, 32% of Americans saved 0% in retirement in 2020. Yeah. Which... So retirement contributions really, like, kind of ceased to yeah, exist for decline. a lot of people. Which I don't know if it's a net of people pulling money out, which mm-hmm. I don't think so, because it's contributions. It right. just 32% did not. You know, and then you go back through and 14% of adults were receiving unemployment. Two percent of adults in 2019 were receiving unemployment. Wow! So, so a 12 percent increase in unemployment from 2019 to 2020. That's wild. And you can even look and say, I mean, it goes further than that. Even you look at households, right? Before the pandemic, 44 percent of the households in the U.S. weren't paying any federal income taxes. Right. Which I don't even know how that's possible. Right. That seems really, really high. 44 mm-hmm. percent of Households in the U.S. before the pandemic were not paying federal income taxes. Go past COVID, go into 2021, that number jumped 13% to 57% of the households in 2021. Right, because it lags a year. Yeah, yeah. Did not pay federal income taxes. That, to me, is mind-blowing. And... If you're sitting there listening to this and saying, where are you headed? Trust me, we have a direction that we're going with this. Um, But we really need to frame up 
how big of an impact COVID had financially to the entire system. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're talking a little bit about tax returns and debt. Um, but Americans completely shifted their mindsets and their work behaviors and their households when the pandemic happened. Right. And that is a huge frame up for understanding where were we before, what right. happened during COVID, and what does that really mean moving forward from here? Because we're starting to see some really, really big effects from this right now. And we're going to get into um, some really interesting numbers talking mm-hmm. about, you know, what does that mean for financial literacy and, and how does it affect savings moving forward and how does it affect your retirement moving right. forward? COVID was almost like a reset, I feel like, for a lot of people. It's mm-hmm. Which, I mean, whether it's a transition in jobs, which now you have, which I don't remember the statistic even was, the transition to how many people are working from home now versus working in office because it right. completely shifted the landscape of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And how that impacts, which, I mean, our kids were you know, doing school from home um you know some spouses are working from home even individually working from home and which you know i could go a lot into this as with productivity the same at home as it is in the workplace i don't know because there's some social differences but i have a feeling most people's houses are clean are cleaner now Mm -hmm. working from home than they were um you know prior you know working out of home right I think one of the things that I kind of key in on and focus on in all of this is financially people might be worse off now than they were before COVID. Obviously, inflation is a big portion of that. Um, Some of the spending behavior during COVID-19, you know, wasn't beneficial to your financial health. But I like to try and find some of the silver lining in all of this. And I think where I'm focusing is a lot of parents when they stayed home or they were working from home, like you talked about, Justin, they were focusing more on the kids at home. Right. right? And we've seen a shift in behavior throughout the country where, you know, kids have become more unruly. Um, Just we've had more problems in schools. We've Mm -hmm. had, you know, a lot more issues behaviorally. But I think one of the, the positives that I'm seeing in all of this is even though the, the finances might look worse, parents were at home with the kids and I think that had a really good effect. And I think we're going to start to see that in the future where parents were a lot more tuned in with um, having interactions with their kids, spending time with their kids, being outside instead of um, maybe, you know, traveling or doing the typical routine that um, you were accustomed to before COVID. And so now I think we're seeing parents spending more time with kids, families focusing more on family so it might have cost us on our credit cards and cost our retirement a little bit, but it might end up being worth it if we start to see huge positive impacts to families. Or it made parents more crazy. <laughs> You're like, hey, I lived through that. I had kids <laughs> during the pandemic. And tell me a little bit about it. I mean, did, well, did it I didn't. You? I didn't because I stayed in the office. I worked in the office most mm-hmm. of the time. Then my wife worked from home. Um, while the kids were working from home as well, right. which it was a lot. I mean, having three people with pets, you know, working from home, mm-hmm. um, which my wife's a saint because well, I she, couldn't. And she still has, uh, you know, a position from yep. home too. 
And so, I mean, it's actually dramatically affected her life. Yeah. But. And so it, it did change it dramatically, um, but also it was, you know, good to spend time with the kids when, you know, you're not used to it. But, mm-hmm. um, but what is this actually leading into, Matt? I think but, where we're going with all of this is we've seen some financial impacts. And then once we get back from this commercial break, we're going to talk about the financial literacy piece Mm -hmm. where we're looking at how can we do better moving forward correct and if you want to hear about it stay tuned but you guys are listening to true wealth on 93.9 and 1240 kqn this is matt dixon and justin bruggeman and we'll be right back all right welcome back to the true wealth radio show everyone this is matt dixon and justin bruggeman and if you missed the first half of the show well, I guess it's the first quarter of the show. Don't be alarmed. You can always catch it tomorrow um, at littlejohnfs.com. Go to the podcast section of the website. Um, or you could even go on Pandora and search True Wealth Radio. You'll find us there, Spotify. We're everywhere, right? Um, so check it out if you missed the first portion. Justin, we talked a little bit at the beginning about COVID, how it's impacted some people's finances, mm-hmm. how it's impacted their life. Um, I want to talk a little bit on this next segment about kind of the literacy behind it. What do I mean by that financial literacy? Well, it's your financial knowledge or what you've been taught. Or, yeah. And or what I, you understand, and I guess. I guess. too often, um, maybe what you don't know. What you don't know. Um, and we've seen that statistically looking through. We did a big study today, spent a few hours just gathering a ton of data, and we said, hey, this is you know, what do people know, what do people not know? You had, a, you had me take a test, right? Right. And you're like, Matt, right. You're like, Matt, you got to see this. Um, take this seven-question test. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? I mean, I was blown away. It was just – which a fi- it's a financial literacy test, which – it was on the Fenro website, which it was only seven questions. They have different ones, but it was just going through as quick. And it was very, most of them were very kind of common. Yeah. That you like, should know, which I guess looking back is like, we're in the industry. So of course it's common, mm-hmm. but it was also stuff that people should understand. Right. Like kind of the real, real right. basics. And we looked at the numbers of what the pass rate, or I mean, I'm air quoting pass rate here, but how many questions do people typically get right? And it was 3.2. Yeah, it was less than 50%. Mm -hmm. So of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that have taken this quiz, less than 50% of the questions are answered correctly. And this is super, super basic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of the questions was if you get a 2% return <laughs> on like a thousand dollars, you mm-hmm. know, where are you at? And in five years and it's like, is it more than a thousand? Yeah. Like, there was a hundred dollars and it was like, is it more than $102 in five years? Less than, or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I this like, is like bare bones, basic stuff yeah. and, and people are struggling and I'm not trying to just throw everyone under the bus and be like, man, you know, you guys need to get smarter. But what I'm saying is maybe, maybe we're not teaching it enough. Right. And maybe this isn't something that people have seen at really no fault of their own. It's just, it hasn't been presented to them and it's an oversight in the system at large. 
Um, didn't you have a stat on like what the U.S. high schools are teaching and kind of you know curriculum based? Yeah, so seventeen, I think it was seventeen percent uh-huh. of U.S. high schools have a personal finance requirement. Wow. So you know, less than twenty percent of schools in schools, but even bigger than that, I was looking at one that was talking about states. Where it said yeah, that it was less, less than fifty percent of states, of states actually have a requirement for you to have one personal finance course. So I am going to point the finger a little bit back at the school systems and say, "Wait a minute, let's look at the curriculum." And it's really not the schools; this kind of comes from the state, right? So states, yeah, like states, schools, districts, the whole nine yards, right? We need to look at this and say, hey, this is an epidemic, right? If we're not teaching people about their finances and they don't know the difference between a credit card. That was one of the questions. What's the difference between a credit card and a debit card? Like if we don't know the basics, I think we assume that people do know this stuff. Right. But they don't. Yeah, it was 32% of in. They did a survey on 100,000 incoming freshmen at college. Mm -hmm. 32% of them. Ask the question. Like, what's the difference? That they didn't know the difference between a debit and a credit card. That's terrifying to me. Yeah. Right? And even and they don't, and that's the other thing. They don't understand what interest really means. Yeah. They sign up for the credit card and they say, you know, okay, there's 25% interest on this thing. Mm-hmm. But they don't know how to calculate it. They don't know what it means. And what ends up happening is these poor young kids get into something like this. They don't really know the ramifications, and then before they know it, they're swamped yeah. in debt. They don't know the ramifications until the ramifications happen, and they're like, oh. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but, you know, the third part of this show is really kind of talking about debt and savings. I have to bring this up if we're talking about credit card debt. Right now in the United States, 30% of the income that families are receiving is going to paying off debt. That is a staggering number. So looping that back in, financial literacy needs to be something that's taught in schools. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If you're a parent and you've got kids right now, hear me. Hear what I'm saying. You need to teach it to your kids. And if you don't understand it, you need to learn it so that you can teach it to your kids. Because people have their head in the sand. And they need to be informed and they need to be educated and they need to pass on the knowledge that they have. And if you're looking at me and saying, well, how do I do that? Go to our website. There's a ton of free (laughs) tools. There are no excuses anymore. If you've heard this message, go, you know, find this information, learn it so that you can teach it. And even as as big of a problem that this is, is if you are in the education system or you are a teacher and you're listening to this, Mm -hmm. give us a call. Oh, yeah. Because we can carve out some time and go, because this is a, it's a problem. Right. And that's one of our core mission statements as a company, right? Educate, plan, and invest. And that's in order for a reason, right? First, you have to be educated. Yeah. Once you're educated, then you can start making some plans. And then at the end of all of that, once you're educated, once you've started making some plans, then you can invest. Right. But it has to be in that order. So like you're saying, Justin, if you need to learn about this, we can help you out. We can point you in the right direction. That's one of the things. And that's why we do the show, too, right? 
we're here to educate. If you listen long enough and you stay tuned in and listen to these shows, you're going to learn. Right. So. And um, it's, what's another was staggering kind of is 80, was it, 87% of t- teenagers don't understand their finances, which don't get me wrong. A lot, of, you know, a lot of 13 year olds don't have, mm-hmm. they don't really have finances. Right. But it's also the understanding of the concept of money and what it does. Like, I mean, this is a great example. It happened even just Saturday. Um, we were at my son's baseball game. My daughter's like, can I get something from the snack place? Mm-hmm. So I give her 20 bucks. She comes back. She brings me like $4 back. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, you just wanted one thing. She's like, but I had the money. So, and she knew how much to, she could spend. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you do know finances. You just think money it's just all handed to you and yeah. it doesn't really matter. Right. And so, and it really cracked me up because now I, it was a learning moment for me too. It's like, here's $5, go. Yeah. I know one of the things I plan to do, um, with my son is to preload like a, um, like a little, you know, card that has mm-hmm. maybe a hundred dollars on it. Right. And be like, Hey, you know, you're going to learn how to spend on this. And when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Um, and teaching that from a really young age saying, Hey, you know, um, you can only spend this percentage on candy. You can't put right. a whole hundred um, because you've got to make this thing spread out. A full uh, on allowance, then you're done. Yeah, yeah. So I think there are creative ways, and you know, Google's your best friend on that, right? There are creative right. ways to teach your kids how to make a budget um, and how to spend money. And if you teach it at a young age, the odds of success later on in life are much higher. Right. It's just the understanding of the concept of money just isn't there. Mm-hmm. And credit like, cards, I mean, I'm not trying to bash on credit cards because I love credit cards. They have points and they make a lot of sense. They do a lot of things for me. But If you're responsible. If you're responsible. But like you just said, too often we have this mentality of like money isn't a concrete number. It's just this swiping right. experience and at the end of the month there's this number and you deal with it well especially with don't. children it's everything that they it's all wants for children it's not need mm-hmm. like you need to keep a roof over your head you need to pay the insurances you need to pay all this stuff you give your money to a child it's what can i buy what can i buy mm-hmm. and not so there's no concept of it's all just wants. you know their kids are freeloaders you know they just get everything handed to them um, but the concept of teaching them to save at a young age will also translate to them saving later on in life. I like it. Okay. Well, we've been ranting for a while now, Justin. I think it's time to take another obscene profit break. Um, what are we going to talk about when we get back from this break? Well, we'll go into a little bit of some, you know, some debt stats, some saving stats and kind of see as this is kind of the issue that we're kind of talking about that people are not getting taught this at a young age and how it reflects going forward okay all right we're gonna take a break when we get back justin's gonna unload this for you you guys are listening to the true wealth radio show on 93.9 and 1240 kqen we'll be right back all right everybody welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. I am your host today, Matt Dixon, and with me in studio, the legendary... Justin Bruggeman. Yes. Now, if you want to go golfing with him, he's got a really busy schedule, but, you know, 
this guy right here, he's awesome on the golf course. So if you, no, uh, yeah, if you want a consultation um, from Little John <laughs> Financial and you don't want to do it behind, you know, a desk, um, maybe he'll take you out golfing. Who knows? Justin, where did we leave our listeners off at? We were talking about the financial literacy aspect. Okay. Which gonna go back into something i really don't because when we were talking about the test we the barely touched on it we yeah. barely touched on this we were talking about college freshmen right and we mentioned that you know like 32 percent of them knew the difference between a credit card and a debit card yeah. we need to go back to this i feel like and we need to talk about you know what is this generation coming up really know how can we help them well take the, it away the worst part is is we're not even going the new generation we're going to Oh, but our generation. I can't claim this. I can't. I'm going to exclude <laughs> so myself here's from the this. Here's the great one. Okay. Only 24% of millennials mm -hmm. demonstrate basic financial literacy. Ooh. Wait, only 24%? Only 24%. Only one out of every four have Correct. basic financial skills. Correct. Oh, boy. Sit and think about that for a minute. Oh boy, I man, I don't even really know what to say to that. To be honest, I that do you got anything else for me that's just going to make me depressed, Justin? Yeah, you I do actually. Oh, okay, go ahead. I just do. Continue to take it away. You know, back on the you know statistics of the thirty percent of college incoming freshmen didn't know the difference between debit and credit card. Which mm -hmm. there's this website. There was this website. A hundred thousand students. The most common, the 20 most common questions, which I'm not going to list all of them, is a mortgage a personal loan? Wait, these are questions that the students yeah, were asking. Yeah, th they were asking. Is a mortgage a personal loan? What is a credit card and how does it work? Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Sorry, there's some, I'm reading you know through what? some of these. I'm almost inspired to make a YouTube video right now. Right. Where it's just like, we're going to cover like 20 things that I assumed you knew, but maybe you don't. Like, can a poor credit score affect my future? Can a poor, oh boy. I mean, these are not questions that, why is this not taught? Which and I, and I can answer that because I was a teacher That's for true. years. It's not taught. Because it's not on the state test. Right. Like we we want to get right down to the, you know, to the bare bones of this thing. Teachers are teaching what kids need to know in order to pass tests. And then when their pass rates look good, they look good. Right. And it's a horrible thing to have to say. And it's not the teacher's fault, right? Because you're trying to preserve your job and you're trying to, to do what you're told to do. Your job depends on it. You got to take care of your families. I get it. It's not worked in because it's just not part right. of the system. We need to look at the system and say, you know, there's gaps. We need to fix them. And we maybe we need to rethink on a bigger scale. What are we testing for? Right. Because right now, to me, it seems like the system is geared to keep people out of the light. Right? right. Like if we're not teaching basic knowledge that you need in order to survive in our modern world, then what is your education worth? Right. So there I said it. Yeah. It's on air. <laughs> Rant over. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not really over, but. Well, it's a matter of it's 
it's the molding. It's when, when you're looking at what is going to progress, you know, even the generations to come, if they don't have a basic understanding of finances. Yeah, that's like a baseline that you have to have, and it's not there. I mean, give an 18-year-old a checkbook and see what he does with it. He wouldn't even know what to do with it. No. I mean, how what do you many know how people to start? don't even know how to write a check? Yeah. I mean, I mean that's real. And you're thinking if you're listening and you're like, "Oh, come on, seriously." No, I'm being serious. The the, the numbers don't lie. Our research that we did doesn't lie. Yeah. And um, this is not just bashing on the younger generation at all. Which no. we're going into, you know, more the debt stats, mm-hmm. you know. And this is everyone, not young, not necessarily younger generation. Right. It's older generation as well. 30% of Americans' income goes to debt, which you kind of touched on that earlier, mm-hmm. which the baseline when you're trying to buy your home or when you're trying to fit a home into your budget, it's like 35% of your income is kind of max is right. what and your mortgage should be. I excluding it, right? Because, no. I mean... I, yeah, I'm saying that yeah. when you're when you're going to get a home loan, mm-hmm. they're usually their range is between 30 to 35%. That's what you get approved for. Yeah. So you're approved for thirty percent. Your debt's thirty percent. You're sixty percent in there, right? Just so covering you your mortgage. So your that's mortgage you know that's sixty percent mm-hmm. is personal debt and, um, you know your mortgage. Right. Well, I know that on average in the U.S. right now, that if you look at what is the average household dealing with debt-wise, excluding the mortgage, it was like twenty-three grand. Yeah. Of debt, that's not minimal. No. It, it It is not, which, I mean, some of it's, you know, depending on where you live, like, you know, we live in rural Oregon, so mm-hmm. having a dependable car matters unless yep. you have three cars, you know, a spare. Right. Um, the public transportation system it's isn't going to do it for you. Yeah. Sorry. It's not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think it is, but depending and on where you live. that would probably skew our numbers higher because, I mean, look at the cost of a new vehicle, right? Yeah. Like, you kind of have to have something reliable and... I think that does include it. Okay, yeah. Um, because it, then it goes to average credit card debt for Americans is, you know, six, just under 6300 Okay. So if you have more than that, you're above average. If you have less than that, you're winning. I just want to encourage everyone with credit card debt to figure out a way to get rid of it because mm-hmm. i mean if you're paying the really high rates on the credit card that have only gone up yeah that's just going to hold you down and mm-hmm. i mean i know we can't give you know financial advice on air and i don't really feel like that's necessarily um, personalized financial advice i'm just saying hey like if you can take care of the debt that's charging you a lot of interest that's probably a good idea mm-hmm and which it's always what is the most common argument is, I don't make enough money. I should make more money. Maybe spend less money, right? That's well, it is yeah. because you go to it's almost twenty percent of people that make a hundred thousand dollars or more still live paycheck to paycheck. You know, it doesn't surprise me, and I'm gonna maybe I'll give people a little bit of grace because we've been hammering. Uh, We've been going off on this show. We've been ranting a little bit. But $100,000 just doesn't go nearly as far as it used to. Right. Um, Inflation numbers are just insane. The cost of a new vehicle, you know, 40, 50 grand. Yeah. But um, it's still staggering to look at the numbers and say, you know, what does it take to make it work? 
And I think when you and I were looking at this, though, the thing that really threw me and I couldn't quite understand it was looking at like median household income. I think you were in the top 50 percent of earners if you were over. What was it? Forty thousand dollars a year. For yeah, I think it was 70. Oh, was 73, it? I think, was what okay. it was. But you were in the top half, which it wasn't of earners. That was the taxes. Okay, so I was talking yeah. about different. I think it was 40000 a year. Yeah, something like that. Put, like, if you're... In the U.S. Right. But... Which which then, you know, we even kind of go back to which the 30% of, you know, income goes to debt. Mm-hmm. So it was... And this is just the savings. So 40% of Americans have less than $300 in their savings account. Wow. And then on the other side of that, 40% of Americans have an auto loan as well. Mm-hmm. So you can't budget to save any money, but you can budget to have an auto loan. Hmm. Wow, that that really gets someone thinking about priority structures, yeah. right? Like. There's only so much money to go around. Where does it need to go? Right. And um, where does it fit? Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, because you're paying 30% on a mortgage, 30% on debt. Well, I guess that would include the vehicle as well. You're yeah. living on 40, which household expenses are probably close to that amount. Where do you have room for retirement savings, emergency fund savings, which what? Medium household bank account. $5,000 in a bank account. Mm-hmm. That is scary. Yeah, I mean, that you're one bad event. Like, you, yeah. say you're a homeowner and your roof starts leaking and you need a new roof. Well, you don't have the money to cover it. Yeah. So I think if you're sitting there wondering, where is Justin and Matt going with all of this? I think it goes back to what we're saying is we have a debt problem, number one. Um, we have a lack of savings problem. Mm-hmm. We have a financial literacy problem, mm-hmm. and we have problems that are still continuing to affect us from COVID. Right. We got problems. Right. But we say all of this to say, hey, recognize it if you have a problem, and then the next part is go and fix it. Yeah. How do they fix it, Justin? Well, they establish a plan would be the first There's part. a good portion, right, of it. Yeah, like you got to have a plan. Otherwise, right. you're just spinning your wheels for what? You don't know why you're spinning them. You're just right. spinning. Um, so getting a, a plan in place, that's a good one. Educating yourself. We talked about this. Um, find some resources. There are so many out there. Oh, we yeah. don't have to be your resource. Right. Um, there are a ton of ways to learn about this. So You know, I mean, we could... We could always be a sound bank for a lot of things mm-hmm. is if you have questions, especially which, which I'm looking at this as educating the younger kids is yeah. anything we can do to help educate our future because, you know, eventually down the road, somebody younger than me is going to, you know, take my job and I hopefully I get to retire someday. Mm-hmm. They need to have the literacy and the understanding yeah. to not only help themselves and help others as well that don't. Quite understand. Yeah, and we have a video series for kids on YouTube for Mm -hmm. kids to go and check out and to learn the basics. So we've been putting in the work to try and help with this. Um, So go utilize it, right? And have conversations with your kids um, or your grandkids. 
and be a positive influence in other people's lives so that we can start to fix this problem. Right. Otherwise, we're just going to compound the problem. Yes, exactly. Because the people that are that financially illiterate are going to raise more financially. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds brutal, but it's honest and it's yeah. true. Um, and I think you make a good point. We got to break the cycle somewhere. Right. And we wanted to go on air and say, hey, it's a wake up time. We're looking mm-hmm. at the past and what's what's happened and saying at some point it's got to change. And too often people are pointing the finger at Washington, right? Like, right. fix our problems, fix our problems. It's like sometimes you got to fix it yourself, right? right? Like, y- you got to get down and dirty, get in there and do some work to make it better. And if you're sitting there listening and saying, ah, you know, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. I'm challenging you to get up and and take some action here. Yeah. So, okay, Justin, we're getting ready to go on break here. Yep. But when we get back, what do we want to talk about? We're going to end on more of a positive note Okay. when you come back, but you ought to wait to hear. All right. So, you guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show where uh, Justin and Matt are ranting about all of the negativity (laughs) and stats that they can. But when we get back, you're going to hear some planning. You guys are listening to True Wealth on 93.9 and 1240 KQN. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show where we have been ranting, raving, (laughs) throwing stats all over the place, talking about debt, talking about financial literacy, talking about all the impacts that COVID had on the country. Justin, let's get into the more positive portion of this show. You've been waiting for it. You've been sticking around this whole time saying, okay, I get it, I get it. Things are a little grim. We need some reform on our education system, and we need to do a better job talking to our kids about money. But we are where we are. Things have happened. What can we do different? How can we change things right now? Well, it's not going to be all positive. But oh, okay. What we're kind of segmenting into is have a plan. Make a plan. Mm-hmm. Set goals. Set understandings for savings for retirement and savings for emergency funds. And trying to, if we go through another, say, call it COVID again, which mm-hmm. hopefully that doesn't ever happen again, but... If it does, be prepared. Because if you're going paycheck to paycheck and they shut the economy down, I'm sorry. Yep. You're it's still gonna be tough. I and think, yeah. Starting and this goes back to, you know, educating your children, you know, the schools should be educating too is Start saving, start early. Mm-hmm. I mean, the difference in, in everyone talks about high paying jobs, right? Right. That's that's what we talk about. Well, if I could just make this much a year, and I go back and I counter and say, well, what if you just started working at eighteen and started putting money into a Roth or mm-hmm. an IRA or a four hundred one k or a savings account or a savings <laughs> account or something? What if you just started putting money away consistently right. every month, and then you were careful with debt? What if we just start there? What if you start your retirement account early? Because if the difference between starting at 30 and starting at 18 on your retirement account, I mean, given, you know, average (laughs) historical returns is millions of dollars in difference. So it's like if we want to build generational wealth, what we do is we save, 
Yeah. We don't put ourselves in a huge amount of debt. We take the opportunity to educate our young mm-hmm. and we we start contributing. Right. That's what a lot of this comes down to. Yeah, because I mean when we were looking at, you know, you know, another not fun statistic, I guess. Hit me with it, Justin. We're already there. We're yeah. in the mud. Median 401k account balance for somebody under 25. Okay, so if you're under 25, start thinking, start churning the number in your head. How much do you have saved up? Justin, drum roll. What is that? $1,817. Less than (laughs) $2,000 for people under 25 in their retirement account. That is not good. No. No. It's a slow, and you ask anybody in their, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, what -hmm. is the first thing that they're going to say? about their retirement accounts or investment accounts. You know what I hear? I'll, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, you know what? I'm going to start soon. Yeah. That's what I hear. I'll start soon. Or it's, I wish I would have started earlier. Mm-hmm. You hear that one a That's lot too. always, it's like, I'm playing catch up, which you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, and playing catch up is much, much more it's expensive. more painful. <laughs> and much harder to do. So if you're young and you happen to be listening... Give us a call. Let's at least point you in the right, right direction. We might not be able to help you, right? This isn't a sales pitch, but we can point you in the right direction. We'd love to do that because we want to see more and more people having success in their future. Well, one in four Americans have a financial plan. Okay. So 25% of you guys have a plan. So if you know Let's four people, mm-hmm. yeah, three of you don't. Oof. Well, depending on the people you surround yourself with, but- and whether, it's not saying, you know, spend a ton of money and, you know, f- schedule a plan right. unless yeah, it's you necessary. You don't need an exotic plan right? most of the time, right? Which, like, I mean, most common, most people put it in a spreadsheet and say, or have a goal is how much do I need to retire? You're right. This can be basic math. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be complex. You're talking about retirement accounts. Uh, you know, go online there. Uh, we have it on our website too, but find any investment calculator, yeah. type in Savings how old calculator. you are, type in how, how old you are when you want to retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that 70% of Americans, their retirement plan is to keep working. Yeah. That's not fun. Most people <laughs> don't actually plan to retire. They plan to work until they drop. Right. I don't recommend that. Because you got to be able to spend quality time with your family mm-hmm. when you're older. Support those grandkids. Teach those grandkids. And it's a lot harder to do it if you're always working. And I there, don't want to be 85 and working. Right. And there's a lot of budgeting tools, savings tools. I mean, you can do anything on a cell phone anymore. It's They're true. there. A lot of them are free. If you need to pay for one, I guess go ahead. Just make sure it makes sense. It's there's a lot of options out there, and if those options don't work for you, give us a call. Yeah, because Justin, we can help. How do they get a hold of us if they want to talk? Well, call the office five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight or you can email email us yeah. at info at littlejohnfs dot com. Yeah, I do. We even have a chat feature, I believe, on the website where you can go on there and chat and someone will get back to don't you. Don't we even have a text feature? I don't even know. Yeah, we do. You can actually <laughs> text that number, 541-375-0898, and you know, someone will get back to you. But whether it's us or whether it's someone else, I don't really care. I just want you to be successful and set yourself up um, 
for success. Yeah. So start spending less money. So clip some coupons. Um, substitute some things out. Cancel right. those subscriptions that are um, not being used. Talk to a good advisor. If you need a good CPA, find someone. Like surround yourself with the people that you need in order to be successful. I think the biggest mistake people make is in being too fearful to actually place the call or to reach out. Right. People want to help, right? Like, yeah, at the end of the day, do we get paid to help? Sometimes, not all the time, though, <laughs> right? Like, right. there's plenty of times where we're not getting paid and we're helping people out and we're okay with that. So, um, I mean, create an emergency fund. That's a great place to start. Start. That's your start. I mean, what's, what, what would you recommend? Typically, it's three to six months of monthly expenses. So, again, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a mortgage and 30% in credit card debt, too, that it's, it's going to be bigger. But right. having that cushion eliminates a lot of problems that are going to affect you later in life. Right. Like, if you, let's just play the hypothetical game. I know we're running out of time. But if you have the cushion... Maybe you don't have to put the roof repair on the credit card and then the credit card starts dinging you interest and then the interest becomes a problem and then you're only making the minimum payments and then, okay, you get where I'm going. It's the old crap fund. Yes, that's right. Okay. You guys, we're running out of time. We got to get out of here. But as always, if you need to reach us, it's Little John Financial. You guys have been listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on 93.9 and 1240 KQN. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.